everyone. It's your host, Monica Justice, and I'm excited to bring this particular episode to you. This one is one that's going to hit home for me, and so I'm going to hopefully deliver it in a way that inspires you and helps motivate you to achieve your best. How do I go about this? I'm going to approach it in a way that is a different perspective than you may have heard out there. I'm going to give it to you real. I'm going to be upfront about my personal experiences. I'm going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly about quitting your job. And in my case, it was a toxic job for me. So here's the good, the bad, and ugly, and the things that you need to know about quitting your career job. So first up, I have experience in this, right? So I just recently quit my job. I didn't have any plans ready to go. Like I didn't have a plan B. I didn't know what I was gonna do next. I didn't have a job job lined up. I just quit because it was time to do that. And it became excruciatingly clear that if I stayed there any longer, that I was going to damage my own health. And that's not acceptable. There's no money that you could pay me in this world that will make me tolerate the hardships that I was tolerating in that place any longer. I've seen people that have put up with too much at work. They've went past their bullying point. They've gotten so much stress that they are no longer capable of working anymore. Like they've completely lost their mental health and functioning in a workplace environment is not anything that's gonna happen for them ever again. And so I know that I don't want that for myself. And I know that chronic stress takes a major toll on your body, not just mentally, right? You've already got the mental stress, but when it creeps into your physical being that you're getting all kinds of pains and cramps and whatnot that you were not getting before, that's chronic stress coming out physically in your body, taking a toll, and that's not acceptable. So I want to help you. If you come to that point, I want you to recognize what may happen if you try to leave or if you try to make good of a bad situation and the company is not willing to make any changes. (laughs) So here we go. I'm going to give you first, uh, um, I'm going to start with a little bit of good and then we're going to go to the bad and the ugly, but come back to some good. How about we balance it out in that way, right? So we don't want to make this to be too, too uh, much of a downer, too sad, because if you're in this position, you're listening to this, you don't want to add any more uh, stress to your thoughts of your day. Let's start with the good. The good of all of this, what I know for sure is that you don't have to stay in a job that's not working for you. And I know you may say, but I have bills and I have this and I have that. Well, (laughs) I have bills too. I'm a single woman. So I must pay for my everything as well. So how do I go about this confidently quitting and knowing this good part that I can work in a job that's going to be fulfilling and, and rewarding? They know my worth there. They appreciate me. They celebrate me as a Black woman. I know that this is possible for me to get. And if I'm not getting it, then it's time to go. So know that you can still go and find a place for yourself. You don't have to tolerate it. That may mean that you create your own space 
that may mean that you don't work directly for someone. You may work as a contractor or whatnot. There are other options out there, ways of making money than your typical nine to five salary job. So, or even if you move to another nine to five, let's hope it's a better environment than the one that you're sticking in. Know that it's not too late. Know that it's okay for you to change gears, even if you've invested thousands of dollars in this education and all of a sudden you find that this job has made it was in your line of work it was your career job but all of a sudden you are so tired of dealing with this particular type of job that you want to do something completely different it's going to be a difficult uh journey to make that change but it is going to be so valuable for you to step out and pursue that because ultimately you're talking about your mental and your physical health which is paramount um so let's go ahead and and get that across that the good is it is possible to change it is possible to make a better situation for yourself. It's never too late to go out and get what you want and deserve. Get some financial planning behind you though. Um, don't just up and quit with no money in the bank. Like you're gonna need some finances to help make this work. So if that means that you um, make a plan to exit, you're saving a few thousand dollars, several months of pay so that you can step out and have a little buffer of finances when you're not employed anymore or when you're changing jobs you still want to have whether whether or not you're changing jobs or not you're going to want to have that financial buffer in the background in your bank account so that you can feel confident in uh, knowing that you're going to be taken care of um, while you're making this transition I did this myself. I was the start of my career, a school teacher, right? So I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, but I still saved. And so it's possible for you to save as well. It may be slower. You may put less in there, but you need to go ahead and make some sacrifices and um, put some savings away, put them, make some investments and make sure that you're getting a good um, return on your work by saving. All right, so what about the bad and the ugly? I promised you I would sandwich the bad and the ugly between some goods, right? So let's get into this bad and ugly situation. I'm going to do the ugly first because let's just get it out the way. And here it is. I want you to sit back. If some of you are sensitive about hearing about race or discussing race issues, then you may want to fast forward a few minutes on this because this is going to be about discrimination. It's going to be about workplace bias and whatnot. And um, so this may be a tough topic for some of you, but we have to talk about it because it exists, because people are being harmed, because it's not um, acceptable. Um, we are going to have to go right into it and say that biases exist in the workplace. Discrimination is still existing in the workplace. And the worst part about it is that HR may not be protecting you from this, right? Like you're thinking there's, there's HR, at least they're going to help me. Well, take a look at the role of HR. They're there to make sure that the workplace laws are are covered, right? But are the laws that are being covered strong enough to protect you? We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but they're also there to make sure that the company is running well, that the humans that are working for the company, the resources uh, that they're investing in and in the humans that are there are 
functioning in a way that is what ex what is expected for the company. They're being productive for the company. So they are employees for the company just as well as you are. And so when you look at HR from that perspective, that they are not necessarily there to protect you as an individual. They're there to protect the company and making sure the company is following the laws. And as we know, the laws uh, regarding race and discrimination are not working because if they are, we wouldn't be in the situation that we are right now. So that perspective, they're not, they're not your, um, they're not your protection. So know what their limits are. They may provide you resources for mental health. They may perhaps give you strategies and how to um, communicate, how to work with others, how to uh, perhaps handle the situation, but know that they're, uh, all right, they are employees of the company and they're gonna make sure that the, the company is well protected. So um, going in with that, notion, do you want to talk to HR about your problems? And here is where I may differ from some other perspectives. I, even though I said all of those things about how HR is not working necessarily for you, the Rick for the company, I still believe it's worthwhile to go to HR and talk to them about your every problem. And here's why. A couple of reasons why. First, it lets them know that you are having problems because if you don't tell them, well, how do they know? How, how can they even remotely attempt to support you in some way? So go ahead and tell them and, and then they might help you, they might not. And I wouldn't bank on um, getting the support that you truly need um, in all ways to handle this, right? You may get some communication strategies, you may get a meeting or two or whatever, but uh, know that know their limits. Um, they're not going to be the emotional support that you're, you're going to need. You're going to have to get that from somewhere else. Um, but the second option, the second reason why I think you should go to HR is because if you're experiencing problems with a certain person or a teammate, a manager, boss, nine times out of 10, it's not just you. And that person that is causing you trouble needs, um, some assistance in being a better teammate or better boss, a better manager, whatever the case may be. And so if you inform HR that you're having trouble with this um, particular person or this um, strategy, whatever is causing you trouble at the workplace, you tell them it creates a record for not just you, but it creates a record for the company and for them knowing that they must work on increasing the skill set of the person that's causing you harm. They must work on increasing the leadership of that person, the self-confidence of that person, how their team um, compatibility, all the things that are, go into making that person a great employee. HR has the uh, uh, duty necessarily to make sure that the training is done for that that person. So you need to go and go ahead and report it. Maybe they won't um, take it seriously the first one or two times that you report it. But if you keep coming back to report, there creates a that creates a trail of issues that this your um, that they see that the person that is causing you harm is doing. 
And when we have a trail, we have a pattern. And when we have patterns, then it's really hard to dispute the fact that this person that's causing trouble needs some assistance in their work. They need to be, they need to improve on their interpersonal skills. They need to improve on their leadership skills. Whatever the lack of, of talent that they're missing, HR has the duty to make sure that they're getting the talent that they need because back to my point again, they are making sure that the company is working well. So if there's a person that's underperforming, they need to make sure that that person's getting trained so that they can perform better. So those are my reasons why I think you should go to HR. I know it's commonly said that people don't want to go to HR because they're afraid that when you do, the company will start turning on you. Managers will start turning on you. The teammates might start turning on you, whatever the case may be. Well, you know what? Here's my perspective. It's already a bad situation. If you come to the point where you think that you have to go to HR, it's already bad. So go ahead and at least try to make it better. And like I said, if you are not making if it doesn't get better by you at least, or with your time there, at least there is a record of, hmm, that person, Monica had, Monica reported this person five times to HR. She quit, but then there's going to be someone else that comes in after you. And if that person also goes to HR and reports five times, then there is a deeper pattern that is not just happening to Monica, it's happening to the person that came after Monica and the next person. And so these things have to be reported. If we're going to make any movement in improving the skill set of the people that are causing uh, the biases, the, the discrimination, all not knowing their, uh, their uh, implicit authority and their leadership roles and how their behavior may be causing their subordinates trouble, they need to become self-aware. And the only way that that's going to happen is if people speak up. Okay, so you need to speak up. You need to make sure that this gets documented and carried through because there's no way it's going to change if you don't speak up at all. Hmm. So another part of the ugly that I want to keep on talking about is that if you do go to HR and it's not helping, you're still getting all of these problems, it's not changing, nothing's changing, then what, what recourse do you have? You could either stay there or you could leave. You can, you can um, file some complaints with the um, with the state as far as discrimination is concerned, but know this also about filing with the state. If you file with the state, first of all, it's going to take a long time for them to even consider um, the going through and taking your case. And if they take your case, it's going to take even longer for them to investigate. And the companies are going to drag this time out, right? Because one, it's not their highest priority. They have other things to do. And two, it, they don't want to. So <laughs> that just like human beings, if they don't want to do something, they're going to drag their feet on it, right? So they give each party this a time frame to respond. And your company is not going to up and pick up immediately. Oh, I need to respond to this. They're going to say, 
I have um, 90 days to respond. Let me respond on day 89. Okay, that's what the game is on, on that. So know that they're gonna drag this out. You're in meanwhile, you're at work suffering. Meanwhile, you are, if you quit, you're, you still have this on your mind because it's a process that you're still growing through. Um, it's not gonna be pretty if you file with the state or federal government for discrimination. And I do encourage you to do that um, if you feel if you feel that that's the route that you want to go, but know that that's going to take some time and, and it won't be fun or pretty at all. And you're going to have to manage your stress going through that as well as, and if you're filing while you're working, <laughs> you're managing the stress of that filing with state or federal government for discrimination. And you are tolerating the discrimination at work. That's, that's two layers of stress right there. And we can count multiple layers of stress on other parts of your life. That's the ugly reality of it. And let's say that your, your state authority is not going to do anything about your case. Maybe they do the investigation and they find out, well, we couldn't find concretely that there's any discrimination here, right? Because Literally, um, they've said they need to see uh, direct signs of like discrimination, like someone writing a racial slur on your desk or something like that. They need to see that type of, of discrimination. And we all know that that uh, discrimination can be much less um, visible than that, um, much more subdued and subtle, but it's there. You're being treated differently because of the color of your skin, because of your religion, because of your sex, because of your gender. Whatever the case may be, there are biases out there in the workplace. There is discrimination and the laws are not tight enough such that you're going to be supported easily. It's going to be a struggle, right? So remember, I'm still on the ugly points. <laughs> and so you're going to feel like, okay, I'm not getting help with my HR, from my HR, I'm not getting help from my state or federal authority in discrimination. Maybe I just need to straight out sue this company, right? Well, let's talk about lawyers because you don't wanna sue on your own. This wouldn't be um, advisable to try to take a company to court because they have their own uh, lawyers. So you want to have a lawyer yourself. Well, if you go to look for a lawyer when you're talking about workplace discrimination, they're going to um, more than likely not take it on a pro bono situation because they need to be paid and they don't want to wait all this time that it takes for a discrimination case to, to go to fruition and be in court. We're talking years for this to happen. And in that meantime, you know, you, your lawyer is going to work hard for you and they want to be paid as they rightfully should be. So they're going to charge you um, their whatever rate, but it's, if you get a good lawyer, it's not going to be cheap. And there you go having to decide whether or not you want to spend your well-earned, your saved money, your invested money towards fighting a racial discrimination case that um, unless it's a really, really, really um, uh, cut and dry case for them, like I said, if the 
if there was racial slurs written all over your desk or something like a noose hanging nearby or something and it was directed at you those are really directly obviously forms of discrimination but if it's much more subtle but apparent um it may be hard for a lawyer to uh, push that through the courts and again as I, i've been saying for the last couple of minutes here that the laws are not tight enough to protect us from what we're experiencing and that's probably a whole different episode um, to talk about what changes we need to make in in society so that we one we're not experiencing this stuff still and two that the laws don't actually say they're protecting us, but they actually do protect us. We want that, we need that. We can't continue to operate in this fashion and and still be healthy as a society. But hey, I'm still on the ugly part, right? <laughs> um, let me continue on the parts of, about this that's ugly. If you're listening to this and you say, oh, geez, I'm not a person of color and I don't get discriminated against, against so this episode is not for me. Um, no, it is for you as well. And here's why. Because the people that are being discriminated against, like myself, they need you still. We need support. We need allies. We need, we're going to start standing up for ourselves as individuals in the workplace. We would like to have an ally that will work with us or at least support us in our endeavors right so if you are a person that is um, not a person of color your responsibility or at least something that i would strongly encourage you to do is to be an ally to support the people that are going through it. And if you are a person of color who this episode doesn't pertain to, that you're not being discriminated against, that you're not having any issues at work, that's wonderful. Please do support other people of color. Ask them how it's going for real, on the real. You know, the biggest lie that's told is, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. That's a lie for most of us because the essence of it is that we're all struggling with something this world is not perfect so there's something that we're struggling against and and if you ask your black colleagues um how are you and she just straight says oh i'm fine everything's perfect had a great weekend um i'm the, the dog is doing well my cat took her in with the vet the vet gave her a clear bill of health everything's perfect um, go deeper than that. Really take the time to get to know your colleagues, um, know your managers or subordinates. Um, we're struggling with something. And if they're a person of color, I'm willing to bet there's something that they feel um, that could improve in the workplace. So be an ally as well. All right. Hmm. So there's the ugly are you still with me i'm not sure if that was just too ugly but we had to talk about it right and i'm willing to continue to talk about it let me know if this is something that you want to um continue uh, to talk about workplace discrimination race bias <laughs> implicit bias all those things are just not acceptable and, and i'm hoping that they'll change in some way i've experienced them way too many years of for myself and i know i'm not alone <laughs> 
And that's why this podcast got started. So let's talk about no longer, we're going to back up a little bit from the ugly, right? Let's get to the bad. It's not as bad as the ugly, but it's still bad, right? So remember, I just said that you want to be allies. (laughs) We need allies in the workplace. Well, the bad part about it is that not everyone is going to be your ally um, as a person of color or someone that's being discriminated about uh, against in the workplace. Not, <laughs> as a matter of fact, most people probably won't be supportive of your pursuit to try to make change to improve your work situation for yourself or for the company at large. So know that not everyone's going to support you. So if you go and confide in someone and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. I'm, it's bothering me so much. I'm so hurt. And you're telling your work buddy, your, your work bestie, right? And you just know that your bestie has your back in all situations. Well, all of a sudden you tell your bestie this and you notice that they are not supporting you in the same way that they would have supported you on a, on a dinner out or um, as some other easy to do workplace um, situation. Going about discussing discrimination or any other hardship that you're having in the workplace and getting others to support you, even the people that you thought were your best, closest workplace buddies are probably going to back away from supporting you in this, right? Then if you mention it to a manager or coworker, hey, I'm having trouble with with XYZ in the company. Do you think you could um, work with me and trying to find a solution? Do you think you could go with me in this meeting to talk about it? Um, people are probably going to shy away from that. So you're probably going to be pretty alone in it. And the reason why that they are going to shy away is because they feel kind of just like you do that I want to, I want to be successful in this company. I want to make great money. I want to go home at night and feel comfortable and keep having my job and the salary coming in. You know, I'm so I'm going to keep my lips shut about things. That's probably what you're going to experience. And don't take it personal. Just know people <laughs> know that when you see someone behave in a way that you don't like, remember that, trust that. Know that it is how they're going to handle stress with you and know not to count on them in the future for anything else that's serious for you, right? So know that it's not going to, you're not just going to be supported easily. What good support would look like is if you tell your colleague in private, hey, I'm having this trouble, I'm not being heard, my manager doesn't see me, they don't believe in the work that I do and you you confide with that person and then it's meeting time and you speak up in a meeting and you see that everyone sees that you're not being heard, your your points are not being taken, the manager is not valuing the work and the your contribution to the meeting and you you have your bestie over here that you just confided in. Um if you're being shot down or ridiculed or whatever in that meeting, your bestie could stand up with you, right? If they have a way of of speaking up and changing the direction of the tone that you're being spoken to, or if you say, if you say, I have this great idea and 
person B says, I have the same idea as Monica does, but the manager doesn't hear it when it comes from you. They heard it from when it comes from person B though. Your bestie could say, well, you know, I, I think I heard Monica say that um, idea first and I really like the way Monica added and contributed to this conversation. That's something that, that's a supportive work bestie. And if your work bestie is not gonna do that for you, then know that they're probably not your work bestie. Expect that people will not support you in that way. People are not going to speak up for you um, when you are trying to speak up for yourself as well most most times. <sighs> I said it was bad, didn't I, right? But these are realities. And I said at the top of this, I have a different perspective. These are perspectives that you're that you probably aren't going to hear from like a career coach or someone that is, you know, being funded by corporations to um, to do workplace diversity trainings or whatever. Um, while I have done the diversity trainings when I was working within the company, now that I'm not working for any particular company, I'm still capable of doing that. But my voice is going to be what you hear me saying right now, that we need to make change in the workplace. We need to be real and we need to stand up when there are atrocities happening and we don't need to sugarcoat them. Right, and we don't need to make them palatable for people because it's not palatable for the person that's being victimized, right? So that's this is how my voice is going to be tight and probably a little bit different than what you've heard before, but it needs to be said and it needs to be heard. <laughs> so, have I done enough bad and ugly yet? Right, I told you, I gave you a forewarning about this conversation, but here we go. Going back to the good, because I'm going to sandwich it up and make sure that we have good along with the uh, ugly and the bad that I just gave you, right? So back to the good. And it's kind of along the lines of the first good I gave you. But again, I want to reiterate that you can make change in the company, right? You don't have to just be quiet and sit there and tolerate anything you can speak up and I, I implore, I just feel like so strongly that if we did all speak up when we needed to in, a, in the proper way, then perhaps we can make some progress in rectifying the atrocities that happen in the workplace, right? These are traumatizing experiences for lots of people and we need to start talking about them out loud to their face, to the people that need to hear it, to the people that are making, uh, that have the capacity to impact change and the leadership, right? So the good part is you can make a change. You can stand up against the racism. You don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to tolerate the preferential treatment. You don't have to tolerate the, the implicit and explicit bias. You don't have to, and, when you do start standing up for yourself, here's the glory of it all. It's going to feel better. It's going to feel good. You're going to feel good about yourself because you stood up and stood up for yourself. You didn't just sit down and take it and whimper and cry about it. While you may whimper and cry about it, you also stood up against the problems that you're having, right? When you don't do that, 
you start to slowly trick away at the at, uh, uh, tip away at your self esteem, right? You let other people mistreat you, mistreat me, mistreat, 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 until you're just fundamentally bullied as a person, even as a class of people in your company. And that creates an environment that's just not sustainable for anyone. Even the people that are perpetuating the problems, that's not sustainable for them as well. It, personally, they, they don't get any better as a person, but as a company, you create a bunch of turnover and it's not sustainable financially for them to keep turning over positions because people are unhappy. So you can help to impact change at the company. First of all, you're standing you're standing up for yourself so you're going to make some pretty good feel good moments in your body for uh starting to push back on that stress, right? Pushing the stress away when you stand up for yourself. When you start to recognize that um no, I should not second guess myself. Did she just say that? Yes, she did just say that. Don't question it. Was she smiling in your face after she said it? Yeah, that's a way of making you second guess yourself, right? That's the gaslighting. That's the uh, the emotionally damaging behavior that is just going to lead you down a, a road that you don't want to go down. That, uh, that smiling in your face, but treating you like crap afterwards, or even at the same time, smiling and treating you crap like crap at the same time, that's, that's uh, not good. You gotta push up, push back against that. Don't let it happen to you. Even if it, that's your boss that you have to push back on, you need to do that. Um, so uh, my point there, don't second guess yourself. You'll feel strong when you don't. You'll feel better when you don't second guess yourself. You are pushing towards improving your self-worth, your self-esteem, increasing your chances of not ending up with this chronic stress that is totally possible for you to do if you continue to put up with it and don't say anything about yourself, uh, stand up for yourself. This is the good news. You get to try to make this better for you. And if all your attempts at trying to make it better for yourself within the company are not working and i don't know what time frame you want to give that for yourself right it's you're gonna know when you're completely done like there's that song when a woman's fed up when you're fed up you know it and you need to trust it you need to trust when it's time to go because like i said at the top of this you don't want to be the person that stayed there too long and you really messed up your mental health and you can't work anymore, right? That's where the danger lies. You must stand up for yourself. When you do, you'll feel so much better, right? In the moment when you're confronting this person, when you're confronting the person that's harming you, when you're speaking directly to them, when you're speaking your truth, it may hurt, right? You may be heart palpitating, sweating, and just completely stressed out in the moment. But let me tell you from experience, it feels much, much better when you're done with that. When that conversation is over and you can smile because you stood up. It's kind of even like bullying for children, right? What would you tell a child that's being bullied? You would tell them to stand up for themselves first. 
right, right, right there in the moment. Stand up for yourself. Someone says something cross to you in a meeting. Hold on, we need to we need to address this right here, right now in the meeting, right? Because they have the nerve to say something cross in the meeting. You're gonna have to take the time to to address it there, right there. It can be publicly, kindly. Well, I shouldn't even say kindly. Carefully is a better word. Um, professionally, but it needs to be addressed. And sitting back and just letting it pass is not helping your health. The good news is it feels much better when you confront these people or after you confront them. And don't, like I said, don't rely on someone else to do it for you. Don't rely on HR to confront your bullies, quote unquote. Don't let, don't rely on your boss to do it for you. Your boss might be perpetuating it. The boss, I mean, goodness. Um, don't rely on anyone but yourself to do this. And when you trust yourself, you are going to feel wonderful. It's going to take you to a new level of self-confidence. Because when you do this, when you're standing up to authority, when you're standing up for yourself, you're going to start standing a little taller and a little prouder. And you're going to start to know, oh, I can do this. I can do this. You're going to start to see the bigger girl in you come out, right? Like the pride, the self-confidence, all of that's going to come through when you stand up, express your truth, when you stand up to the authority figures um, that you thought had the upper hand. No, you have equal hand. You have equal say. You're both working towards the betterment of the company, you're work, working to sell products, you're make, working to increase the bottom line for the company, you all have a common goal. So you're all going to be on equal standing. I don't care if it's the CEO and you are um, not even in management. This is your ground to stand up for yourself and not tolerate the mistreatment, not tolerate the gaslighting. Oh, I didn't, no, you must have misunderstood. Well, I, I didn't do that. It's gaslighting is what it is. Know your truth. Know what happened to you. Yes, it happened. Yes, she did it. All of those things. You need to stand tall, be confident. Go report it to HR. If you need to take it to the state or federal, do that to protect your mental health. Get into counseling. Make sure all those things you've got going on for you. Make sure you have some savings because you want to have that money in the bank account to be able to walk away when you need to walk away. And that's precisely what I did. I walked away. I saw that moment where I was like, no, ma'am. You're not disrespecting me in that way. I come as a full-fledged professional woman with 20 years of experience under my belt and I'm delivering, I am performing and you are not gonna take any of that away from me. No, ma'am, you're not gonna undervalue me. You're not gonna underappreciate me. You're not going to uh, gaslight me. You're not gonna act like what just happened didn't happen. You're not gonna be uh, taking a, the side of the liar, then I, pro I provided proof. You're not going to be taken to preferential treatment. No, ma'am, we're talking about right and wrong here. We're talking about legal and illegal, and we're gonna address it. We're gonna stand up for you. Look, this is the perspective that I bring to it. It's not for everyone, right? I know this, but I want to take you 
to your highest place, to the place where you feel confident and comfortable in your well-being, knowing who you are, knowing what you're worth, knowing that you can stand up for yourself, knowing what you bring to the company, knowing that it's no longer going to be tolerated, the mistreatment, all of that, take it. Take it to the people. Tell them you're being mistreated. Stand up for yourself. Look, there's so many microaggressions out there. It's a day in and day out tiring experience. You're going to have to even address the microaggressions, the small things that don't seem important, the ones that you just kind of toss away to the side. No, 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 no. Those don't get tossed to the side anymore. Everything gets addressed because it's, it's not just about you is the one of the major things that is most comforting when you stand up for yourself. You're standing up for the person that didn't stand up for themselves before you, right? You got this job for a reason, someone quit. You're standing up for the people that will come after you because chances are you're gonna probably want to leave this environment in some way, whether or not that's going to a different part of the company or it's going uh, to a different company, you're gonna start your own business, whatever. You're not gonna stay in this job for, for, for the rest of your career more than likely. So you are making it better for the person that comes in after you. These workplaces have to change. You have the power to chip, start chipping away with it, with your reporting to HR, with your direct confrontation to the people that are harming you. They all need to improve you can help them improve. And while you're helping them improve, honey, you are improving much more your own self, building that self-confidence. Hey, I'm Monica Justice, your host, and I hope I have given you some of the strategies uh, that will help impact your job, impact your choices while you're there at work, making it a better workplace for yourself. And if it can't be done, making the choice to leave, be financially prepared to do that. I'm out, and until next time, I want you to live, love, and be free. Have a great one. Remember, this show is titled Ace and I'm Living. Don't forget to subscribe or follow so you'll never miss an episode. Let's build a vibrant lifestyle together.